You're listening to the Functional Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Hester and Tracy Townsend. Welcome back, friends. Please put your pod seat and tray tables in their upright and locked positions. The- but, uh-oh. Looks like we have a problem. Ho- ho- hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I, I could totally fix that. I can okay, fix yeah. that. Okay, that didn't sound good. Uh, let me let me run a diagnostic real quick. Turbulence. Let me run a diagnostic. Shit, wrong button. Sorry, sorry. It's these small Bluetooth keyboards, Tracy. Yeah. But they get the engines going, so the engines are going. You may want to access your space flotation device in the docking field. I got this. I got this. It happens every once in a while, usually with some sort of milestone episode, like like a hundred or something. You know, one second things are a little crazy, and the next it just kind of calms down. Don't worry about it. See, it's already starting. I can tell. I think I got it under control. There you go. See. I think we're good now. Well, that so, was I'm sorry. What, what what were you saying? Uh, um. Um. <laughs> 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 you busted me. <laughs> you broke me. I totally lost my thread. So I don't know. There's like a there's rocking clamps and there's like an airlock and probably it's sealed. I don't know. Maybe it's sealed. You open it and find out, folks. I don't know. I'm a, I'm gonna put my feet up over here. Come on, I totally got you. You did. You did. <laughs> it's um, it's not quite at the level of a of a dramatic spit take. Um, no. This is this is I think in an entirely different family of of accomplishment here. Well done, Patrick Louise. Well done. <laughs> so, uh, if you missed it, uh, it is Tracy's one hundredth episode. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the math so on this is the soundboard. Yeah, you're really getting the work giving it a workout here, man. You got all your toys set up. Um yeah, the uh the math on it is a little weird uh because I joined in episode 440, I want to say, was it? Somewhere in there, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so one would think that episode 540 would have been um, episode 100, but actually uh, I had to miss two recordings, uh, one of them with Jason Sanford and one of them with uh, Clark T. Carlson. I'm not in those episodes because I was doing stuff for work. It was graduation and we record on alternating Saturdays and graduation's always a Saturday and we just happened yep. to get nailed with it that year. So... Yeah, so this now for no, five five forty two is actually a hundred episodes in. Holy shit, <laughs> Patrick, how have you put up with me all this time? Good lord! Oh, it's been awesome. Don't 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 sell yourself short. You know, there's there's. In fact, I even reached out to some of our more vocal patrons and uh, asked them for some feedback. So. I have oh, that okay. and, and questions. Like, if you okay. want to, if you oh, if you're I'm, willing, I'm a break. no, I, of course, yeah, that seems fair. Okay, so uh, first off, Robert. We know Robert. Hi, Robert. So R- Robert asked, "Are you sure this is actually your hundredth episode?" Because he said he was listening to the patrons only episode where you were confused, so he just wants to make sure you're you're sure. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> That good catch there, Robert. That's a totally fair question. Yeah, there was there was a whole thing in the green room actually before a normal episode, probably about three or four months ago now. It's been a minute, where I had realized that I was coming up on a hundred episodes because you had mentioned that at some point soon I probably would. And so I did something like my math magic was very weird and wrong where I kept jumping around with like, yeah, it's going to be like in two weeks or something. And then it was like, no, wait, it won't be until after ShyCon. And then it's like, I, everything, it got very timey-wimey and wibbly-wobbly there. Well, see, that just, that just means that you fit in because traditionally we have, we have totally flubbed milestone episodes. I guess. We flubbed when they are, we flubbed when they're coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just yeah, done that. and just gotten sufficiently comfortable in in the whole groove <laughs> that it was just like, ah, eh, hundred, you know, that's a number I haven't thought about in a long time. Gazing off into the distance, 
Robert has a follow-up. He, he wants to know, if you could go back in time to when you were first asked to join the podcast, would you give yourself any words of advice or try to talk yourself out of doing this crazy shit? I may have added the crazy shit. I mean, yeah, yeah, that that sounds less Roberty and more Patricky. I I I wouldn't say no, so I'll take that part first. I mean, I would definitely still say yes. I think the most I would have two pieces of advice actually uh, for past me. One would be stop using your teacher planning process to sort of go into an episode. <laughs> And it's taken, I mean, I, I, I do go into episodes with show notes sort of written out in advance, and it would be an exaggeration to say that it's like a list of interview questions. It tends to be more like anywhere from, depending on, you know, how, how well I know this person or what's going on with their projects and whatever else, anywhere from like three to five notes about things that they've done, bio stuff, recent things, um, topical stuff that occurs to me. But they're never like scripted as precise questions. And that works fairly well. But the thing I did a lot of that I hope I'm doing less of is, I don't know, like I, I, I do, I have a hard time not wanting everything to get like really intellectual. <laughs> and I have to be, I think, a little bit more willing to just let things get stupid sometimes. So I think a little bit, a little bit more me and a little bit less teacher would be a piece of advice <laughs> I would give to past me. And another piece of advice I would give to past me is, holy shit, you don't have to schedule an entire <laughs> year of episodes in your first three months. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. You've gotten um, so much better about that. You're, you're doing like three months, three and a half to four sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be that I would get really anxious if we started pulling – and recording guests off of a sort of a okay so behind the scenes stuff here yeah and this is something that actually mb wants to know more about is like the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, okay That's... yeah so the main thing that i do I mean, honestly, like other than actually being on the episodes is booking guests like that's that's like 90 percent of my non broadcast contribution to to what we do. The rest of it is, you know, obviously patron stuff and sort of spending time with people and and all of that. But all of the like all of the web presence and the the editing and social media distribution and, and, and all of that really has been Patrick and, and always has been. When Which I is why it gets half assed done. <laughs> uh, well, it wouldn't get done at all if it were if it were on me. So, by our powers combined, half an ass will have to do. It's enough to sit on. So anyway, I I book the guests, and one of the things Patrick told me about when we had our early conversations in April of 2020 about me joining up was that he would he would forward emails with solicitations from publicists to me, and he would let publicists know as they reached out to John's former address and so on that they should add me in his place to the contact information. And basically that there would be this sort of shift from folks contacting John and Elio to contacting me. And that shift happened really rapidly. And I went from worrying that I would never get a single guest booked to getting Depending on the week, anywhere from like five to fifty solicitation emails from people. <laughs> and Welcome to my world. Right. <laughs> and, you know, some of them were very, very tailored, and some of them were just a publicist with a shotgun. Yeah. He's like, Would you like to have this this romance cozy mystery? Kuchunk, you know, and sort of <laughs> blasting it. And it's it's interesting because they're never like bad sounding books, but no. some of them are absolutely not our wheelhouse. And yeah. I've definitely booked people who were a bit of a reach outside of our normal wheelhouse, but it's been because we know the person and we're excited by their project or because it's just so weird that we're just like, what are you even <laughs> doing with this? Like you, you, you wrote a what about a who? Yeah. yeah. You know, those sorts of things. Anyway, and I was so nervous about screwing things up for Patrick, who at that point had been running this thing for 10 years and then was sort of deprived of his partner in crime and was sort of entrusting this thing to me. I was like, God, if I don't book people, we won't have a show. I got to book the hell out of these bastards. And just, I won't say that I was saying yes to everyone because I wasn't. I was reading them and I was trying to be choosy and thinking it over and whatnot. But I did book people super fast. <laughs> And that had two significant problems. One was um, I would do things like book people 
Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> and Patrick would see that I had promised to someone in, I don't know, June, that they could be on air with us on Thanksgiving weekend. And he's like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, we got to have an episode because we don't have, he's like, we don't, we don't generally have like 26 weekends of recording in a year. <laughs> like, that's not usually a thing. I'm like, it's not. And so <laughs> that was one thing that was a problem. But another thing that was a problem is, you know, uh, books and other other types of media. Um, we've occasionally had other media folks on too. Their publicists start working the and, and hitting the bushes and stuff anywhere from two to six months out, yeah. depending. Generally, the bigger the name, the longer they can afford to wait to start hitting the bushes. And with newer folks, they try to start doing that sooner. Because I was booking people so fast, I had promised away tons of slots. And then the next wave as like a new season would hit, there'd be all these people who are like, their book is dropping in October or something. And I'm getting this message in, I don't know, July, right? And I would be like, ooh, ooh. And I would call up our schedule and I would look at it and I'd be like, mother fuck. <laughs> I already gave away all of October. I gave away all of October yeah. a month ago. And so I've... Pumping the brakes on that has also been good because it lets us keep our options open so that if someone surfaces that we want to talk to, we're able to be a little bit more nimble. Yeah, which is awesome. And you do a great job of managing that. So oh, it, it's funny because I, I think at the time I said I said something along the lines of, you know, when Ilya used to do this, I'm not going to make you do it. And you're like, no, no, I want to do it. And I'm like, no, no, you don't have it. And you're like, no, no, I want to do it. And then I said, well, okay. And then when I hung up, I laughed and laughed <laughs> and laughed. Because she it says is hard. She <laughs> it's so hard. I that was the thing I hated doing at SF Signal because that was the reason why Anilio did it for us because I was doing it at SF Signal and yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this on two yeah. shows. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's gonna it's gonna kill me. Yeah. And well, he's like, well, I'll do it. Wires first. crossed or who knows what. Yeah. yeah. So that that that's funny. Um, yeah. okay. Uh, let's see here. Jason, Jason asked a personal question. So I hope you're, okay. I hope you're up for this. Okay, Who suggested the nickname Husbeast and what does he really think of it? Okay. So the, the nickname Husbeast was never an invention of mine. So I need to own that. It is a borrowed term and, uh, you may or may not know of Mickey Kendall, who is a black author of pop culture criticism and feminist history and things. She lives in the Chicago area. She's pretty close with uh, some folks who we've had on the pod before, Mitchie Trota and other folks. She's, she's done some really great events working with N.K. Jemison in conversation and, and touring with her and so on. And I've had the opportunity to meet Mickey a couple of times. And of course, I follow her on Twitter because that's what I do with people who I know. Sure. And for ages, Mickey has referred to her own husband as Husbeast. And so I just plagiarized. I thought to myself, that's that's just a, a wonderful term. So here, congratulations, your husbeast. And it actually works fine. So fun fact, if you study linguistics, one of the markers in the sort of intersection between linguistics and sociology, I just got done saying I need to stop being so intellectual and nerdy. And here I go, right? Anyway, one of the interesting intersections between sociology and linguistics is you can trace patterns of closeness between a person and a network of friends and things they know based on nicknames. And that operates in two ways. One, who gets use of certain nicknames? Like certain nicknames, like you can call me that, but that guy can't call me that, right? So that's one thing. But you and never also, call me David Allen Coe. Right. <laughs> and, and the other way that that breaks down is sheer quantity of nicknames. And there is an actual correlation, like positive correlation between the number of nicknames or pet names that an individual has within their friend or community group and their, their general bondedness. So one thing that sometimes sociologists do when they're studying family units is they figure is they they'll like shadow a family unit to figure out how often anybody gets called by their actual name versus gets called by a pet name and how many pet names are in circulation. Fun fact, 
uh, we had, because of some master's degree work that my sister-in-law was doing at the time, we had this sort of like analysis going on in our own household once. And we learned that apparently between my two children, they have 52 nicknames (laughs) and that they are basically never called by their birth names, which from a sociological linguistic standpoint is a real good sign (laughs) because I mean, it did make me a little bit worried when they were younger that they'd never fucking know their names. <laughs> like, like it's like trying to train a dog and it doesn't actually know what it's called. Hey, what's but, the what's the what's the bit from Eddie Murphy that for X amount yeah. of years you thought his name was son of a bitch? <laughs> oh, I think that I, I think that was um. Or is that Richard oh, Pryor? It, no, I think it's Bill Cosby. No, yeah, no, no, no. I don't think it was. Because he like, was clean. Thing, like I'm not. No, he not, was clean. No, he was clean. He wouldn't cuss. That whole thing. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. God damn it. I'm Jesus Christ. And maybe it, I. I swear. Yeah, I thought Andy Murphy I had one. They may, they may. They may kind of be dipping from the same well Cause, there. Because because. Uh, and I don't want to go too far into Cosby here, but I mean, he was yeah, clean, yeah. and one of the, he didn't like the guys who weren't mm-hmm. clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't yeah. imagine no, him. I mean, that, that, that lines up. He may so anyway, have, but who knows? I'm sure. I'm sure Robert will fact check me. So yeah. So to the my 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 husbeast being called husbeast is absolutely not something that bothers him. <laughs> Good. For one thing, we have the kind of relationship where we tell each other when we are bothered by things, which is helpful. But also just the whole chemistry of the towns and household is such where you know you're in if no one's using your name anymore. <laughs> you know. So sure. yeah. There you go. All right. Well, I, I do want to remind the listeners uh, that this is a very special episode because because this is a this is a patrons only episode that we're also going to put into the feed. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you are not a patron and you're listening to this, you are hearing this two weeks after the fact. So I just want to throw that out there. Like if you were a patron, you would have heard this two weeks ago. But instead, you're hearing this you, two weeks. You could later. have gotten the chance from Patrick secretly gathering questions to, to make yourself a part of the episode. Correct. So, so mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of nicknames. Yeah. Cannoli Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Cannoli Joe just basically said, please tell Tracy, I think she's been an awesome addition to the podcast. And I've enjoyed listening to you two play off each other for the last two years. I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at 5.30 a.m. in my life. And then he told me, he's like, try laughing with a toothbrush in your mouth. And, <laughs> oh, I, no. and, I, re- and I replied back to him, oh, is that is that how you use those? Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, so there, there's, yeah, it's easy to get confused. <laughs> so there's, there's Cannoli Joe. He, he didn't have a question. He just had a comment. Uh, uh, yeah, similarly, Stace, Stace is going, please tell Tracy that I love the way she phrases things. So you, you're worried about the intellectual mm-hmm. side of things, right? But he's saying uh, her little off the cuff metaphors and comments are almost never trite. And usually make me laugh. I love that her brain finds paths adjacent to what I expect to hear, but different enough that the words are unexpected and nearly always a perfect fit for the guest and the situation. So back to back kudos to Tracy. Nearly always perfect. It was like. I knew you were going to focus on that. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a good band name. Nearly always. It'd have to be a cover band, though. Right? Yeah. Like that, that'd really be the gig. It, yeah, it would be. Now, to your, uh, you already gave a little bit away about, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff, but MB wanted to know. She's, she's like, I always want to know more about behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Like, what was Tracy worried about before she did this that turned out to not be a thing to worry about at all? No biggie. What's been the oh. hardest part? What's mm-hmm. been the funnest part? Sure. What's something she does to get ready that the listeners don't know about? You already talked about kind of doing the, yeah, the yeah. your show prep. Mm-hmm. And has being a teacher helped her deal with the gloriously wonderful recording podcast partner, Patrick Hester, who is always right and never wrong? <laughs> I may have added, I may have, I may have paraphrased. Yeah, there may be some, some editorial liberties taken in that last question, I sense. I can't pronounce the word rapscallion, so that's why. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Can't spell it. <laughs> so, spell so, so what was Tracy matter. worried about before she did this that turned out to be no biggie? Well, one of the things that I was a little bit worried about was 
the reception of my students to what I was doing. Mm. And I know this is this is something that occasionally you and I have talked about, although generally not on the air, because John's day job when he was co-hosting with you, and, and as far as I know still, is that he's a teacher. Yeah, but he, your so. kids are older. Your kids are older. He was worried about the parents. Yeah. He was yeah, actually my, worried about the parents, not the kids. My students are all high school aged. And yeah. for that reason, are dangerous. Yes. You know, their their parents, I think, don't particularly give a hang about whether I'm podcasting or not one way or the other. But the students, especially given the weird-ass school where I teach, I say weird-ass with love, they they have a kind of proprietary relationship to their teachers, which is pretty intense. There's this, like, real sense that they should know their teachers and sort of have the inside track on them in a way that other people don't with their teachers at other schools. And so it's, it, I was a little bit worried that there'd be too much of a collision of everyday work me and podcast me. Sure. And that somehow that would come back to bite me. Interestingly enough, has never remotely been an issue because the kids just don't freaking listen to the podcast. So (laughs) shame on you. All of my students, because you haven't been listening, you have no idea that 18 episodes ago, I offered all of you an A plus on your next paper, if only you could repeat the passphrase that was uttered in that episode. But you know what? You weren't there. And so semesters. And I have since and I have since edited that out because you said to only leave it up for a few weeks. That's true. I edited that part out. So if you didn't download it at the time. No, passphrase is gone. That's right. Good luck with that, kids. So, so yeah, that was that was a little bit of a worry that I had that turned out to be a nothing burger. Okay, Um, what's the what's the hardest part? Oh gosh, (laughs) I mean, honestly, the the hardest part of it is there are some mornings where you're just like really tired. (laughs) You're like, oh no, this is broadcast weekend. Like we've got to record, and you don't have a choice but to but to sort of show up and, and do your best, you know, that, that something happened during the week, maybe you're not physically feeling well, or maybe you're sort of mentally run down, you know, Lord knows the, the horrible year that was 2021 for you, Patrick, you, you have like, you sort of cornered the market on forcing yourself to show up. But there's definitely, there are days where you've made the commitment on this schedule, there is someone who is hitting the button to log into Zencaster and they are expecting to have this experience that they are desperately hoping some of them is is going to you know is be really positive for them and you've got and, to show and up boost and the make signal. The, and boost yeah, the signal you've got to show yeah. up and make the best of it yeah and so i think it's in that sense it is gosh to say it's like any job in that way is not true. This is not like any any other job. For one thing, other jobs pay more money. <laughs> <laughs> and if we hadn't mentioned already that for the low, low price of, of any of our backing tiers on Patreon, you can have the opportunity to hear more of this. So yeah, it's it, it requires a certain type of energy. And that, yeah. that wasn't a surprise to me because teaching's like that too. I mean, teaching's kind of a performance art. And this is yeah. this is as well. It is there. There's 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 definitely differences, and this is this is more. There, oh, how do I want to put this? You got to you got to love it to do it, and keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, not to not to downplay what you're talking about, but like there was a time, <laughs> there was a time when, oh God, what was the rec- recording schedule for me? I was doing. Two hours of SF signal on mm-hmm. a weeknight, and then the next night I was doing like two hours of functional nerds, mm-hmm. and then I was doing another hour and a half, two hours of SF signal. Mm-hmm. So like I was doing multiple three three nights a week, I was recording. Yeah, and then Sundays trying to do all the editing for all of that to push things live the next week. I mean, I get it. Trust me, oh, there, yeah. there are times oh, yeah. when you just did not want to deal with Fred fucking Kish again. No, I'm kidding, Fred. <laughs> if you're still out there, we love you. Uh, I meant Jeff Patterson. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah. there there was just times when you just, 
you did it anyway, you know, because you you loved it. And and to your mm-hmm. point, you know, <laughs> when you talk about twenty twenty one, I I I pushed so hard to keep doing it because it was like the only thing I had. <laughs> Which is yeah. sad, but it was yeah. like the only thing I had. And so I just wanted to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally get that. I do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's and the funnest I mean, I think, part? I, I, I mean, honestly, the the most fun part is Patrick. So I, I have sort of loved that the two of us, I think the two of us have at the same time, everything in common and also very little in common. And so, and I think it's sort of perfect that way. Like we have very different upbringings and we have very different jobs and we have very different fandoms in a lot of ways. And we have very different, you know, go-to things for our entertainments and, and, and lifestyles and all that sort of stuff. But we're also wired very similarly and that helps a lot. And it's interesting to kind of to have it's having been a guest on the show a couple of times before now landing in the in the seat with you here it's interesting to sort of think back to those couple of times that I was a guest and to think like wow all the time that was Patrick and like but I never really like kind of knew Patrick because when you're a guest the whole point is like to try to make it as much about the guest as possible and so Correct. it's been this kind of fun discovery process for me of being like oh I got my I got my Colorado brother and like we go, we go hang out with my Colorado brother now. Go see him going to the basement to hang out with my Colorado brother is kind of the way that it's been. And it's it's been a great way for me to kind of reconnect into the SF community because I got picked up into yeah. this right when the pandemic was sort of digging its heels in. You know, we've only sort of now reached a point where people are seriously returning to cons of various sizes although not everyone. And so I'd kind of like lost my grip on being able to see people and interact with people who I really valued. And this gave me a chance to do it, but it also gave me regular contact with someone who is just a functionally fabulous person. Okay. So we kind of talked a little bit about the MB stuff and, and (laughs) I, uh, I am also excited about you guys coming out to visit, by the way. And, yeah. and I know that you're talking about actually sitting there in your chair and visiting with your Colorado brother. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm talking about we're actually going to see each other in person, which is also kind of cool. Yeah. We, I mean, we did that for the first time at Capricorn just a few months yeah. ago. But this is, you know, that Capricorn was fun. I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good con. We had a good time seeing each other and seeing other people. But, you know, it is a con and we were both pretty heavily scheduled. <laughs> yeah. And and there was also just a lot of when we weren't formally scheduled into something like finding people and then something, gosh, was it like eight or nine folks ended up being part of that mega episode? Yeah. So it was it was just a ton of kind of being on in the podcasting you know, space. And so it, you know, it'll be super cool to get together and, and we'll have to see what nicknames the, the kids invent for you because that's pretty much, that's how it works. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, going back to uh, some patron stuff. So mm-hmm. JT said, congratulations on hundred episodes. You've done Thank a bang you. up job from the first moment. And I'm certain you now can add veteran podcaster to your lengthy resume. I also want to add that I think you did a phenomenal job of keeping the starship into the nerdverse on course while Patrick took a break from recording after his mom passed away, which is awesome. Yeah. And I've, I've told you a million times. Thanks for that. Of course. <laughs> uh, I know Patrick wasn't completely off the ship during that time, but I do appreciate the lack of radio silence. Here's to another hundred episodes and more. So he's thanking you on the one hand and he's cursing yeah. you to another hundred episodes on the other. So there you go. I'll take it. Thanks, JT. <laughs> uh, let's see. A lot of comments and not a whole bunch of questions actually coming, which I thought was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Mark said, uh, Omaha, Omaha, hurry, hurry. No, uh, he said, I wish <laughs> I could come up with something witty, but I'll leave that for Patrick. So that's, you know, I just did that. Uh, I'll simply say congratulations and thanks for helping to take the podcast to the next level. Here's hoping for many hundreds more to come. So again, you know, thanking you on the one hand and yeah. and, and basically you, relegating you to hundreds of episodes on the other. 
I'm so, you're making it sound like this is like a like this is like a slave galleon, and I'm going to be like chained to my oar. <laughs> you're not selling it, Patrick. <laughs> Uh, Todd said he wants to thank you and, and thank both of us for, for the last hundred episodes. He says, as a duo, you have put out some stellar episodes. Good job. So again, nice, nice comments there from, from Todd. Uh, yeah, and he didn't ask fun. for anything. So he is learning. He <laughs> is learning. Uh, yeah. One of the, one of the things <laughs> that, again, speaking about the glories of being a patron here, is that you know you can make requests of us for things that you would you would like to, to people you'd like to have on or you know Until angles you'd like you for you us can't. to talk about. <laughs> you know, if you're Todd, you might say, you know, it's it's sort of handy. To, I'd love to know in advance who the guests are going to be before an episode drops, and you ask perfectly reasonable things like that, and then you you live to sorely regret them. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, so this yeah. is this is something we should tell cuz since yeah. this is an episode that's going to go out into the regular feed. Uh regular listeners don't know about this because because they don't they don't have access. So if you're a patron, you get access to a, a secret Facebook group where people can chat and you can be part of the chat and everything. And Todd did ask can can he know ahead of time because he just like to look forward to it and know a little bit more like who the guest is this week. Mm-hmm. And in a be careful what you wish for kind of moment, I have I have taken that to the next level by doing all sorts of things to reveal who that guest might be. I have some of them have been stunningly elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> like I honestly, like there's there's there there was like, there's a... like a Jeopardy clue. There's Jeopardy Clue uh, meme sort of format that you made. There's uh, there was a whole which one? Was, oh, for for Mary Roach's episode, you had a a whole streak of posts, each of which was related to the other, that had sort of magic keywords in it. Yes. That yeah, and the best part I think about that one were, were some of the patrons who hadn't realized that this was part of your ongoing thing yet making sincere responses because you were like, my dishwasher broke down and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's totally gone. It's just a stiff. And now all I can do is gulp down my pride and go look for it. just like all this sort of, all these things are the titles of her books. And a few people responding like, it's really unfortunate about your dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, you sold it too good. Yep. I've done a, I've done a Wordle one Mm -hmm. where the name was, was in the Wordle uh, piece. Um, there's the there's the uh, hangman game. Oh wait, I haven't done that yet. Jan, jan, jan. <laughs> <laughs> this is like next level trolling here. You're no longer just trolling this poor man on the private Facebook group. You're now trolling him in a Just Us episode, which will go to the patron feed, which will go to the world at large, um, and so. Yeah, I mean, you are nothing if not committed to your craft. Hats off. I, I, I do I do have fun with it. It's something – it's sad that I look forward to doing that sometimes. Yeah, dog but, the bone. Dog the bone. <laughs> so I, I will throw it out there that uh, we, we, we have a lot of fun on that group. Mm-hmm. And I, I – I, I, when when it first started, I felt obligated. So kind of like you with the schedule, I yeah. felt obligated to post there a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I don't still post there a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't feel obligated to because other people post a lot of stuff now. No, it's great when the patrons are using it as a space to talk to yeah. each other. And we can yeah. just see what's up with them. And it, it doesn't it, – it's really great that the community has its own energy that doesn't require us as a hinge correct and and that brings me around to a a question i had for you and i and i don't mean to put you on the spot like this but i'm going to anyway yeah and you know years ago i tried to do some stuff and it just never took off but it it, we also didn't have the support of the patrons that we do now like we didn't have that kind of built-in 
I'm wondering, because we have talked about it a little bit with the patrons here and there, and there's been some interest, and I know that you've said a few things here and there. Should we do some sort of merch? I mean, I this is something that we talked about a little bit. Actually, is it, we talked about it at Capricorn, I think. We farted around even, with the idea, yeah. Yeah, we may even have talked about it with Cannoli Joe. Yep. But I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea of a, of a, a Functional Nerds t-shirt that's Cannoli Joe sent me. Mm-hmm. I think that that would, that's a conversation starter right there. And it's also very germane. Yeah. So, so there's that. I, I but I, yeah, I think there's, we've got, we've got a few Patrick, you know, there's, there's probably room out there for like a Patrick Louise. <laughs> shouty button or something. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like I, one of those I, like, hello, my name is Patrick Louise yeah. shirts. <laughs> and I think the options that are available to do that kind of stuff is a lot better than it used to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I did it originally, it was essentially cafe press. Mm-hmm. And it was cafe press and like red bubble. me. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing all the design shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to do all the design shit anymore. <laughs> right. So like I want to find someone who can do real stuff. And I've got some ideas and I think you've got some ideas. So uh, maybe sometime soon we'll 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 do some merchandise. And and yeah, to your point, you know, Canola Joe is a great thing that uh may or may not be trademarked at this point he doesn't know and uh the poor man's gonna be checking his mailbox someday and he's gonna get like a cease and desist order on his own nickname and he's gonna be like what the hell is happening here so i got i got one more here from the patrons uh i was actually i was impressed i again i reached out to the folks who are the most vocal on the group. Yeah. So if you're in the group and I didn't reach out to you, it wasn't because I don't love you. It was more along the lines of, I haven't seen you post recently. So that's why I didn't reach out. It's not to that you. he doesn't love you. It's yeah. that he's forgotten you. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's actually worse. So, so, so Pat. Mad and, and come <laughs> yell at us. Pat that. had the comment and the question. He said, has the isolation of COVID-19 changed your reading or gaming focus? And has that continued since resuming normalcy? What has taken more or less of your time? Hmm. You guys have been playing a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. Do you well, have you done any reading at all? Like you you've done some. Yeah, yeah. So I've gotten I've been able to this past year, because this this past school year that has just wrapped up, we're we're recording this on June first. I was commuting back to work instead of being fully online, and so that meant I was back to audiobooks. And I think over the course of the school year, I got through twelve or fifteen different audiobooks with my commute. So that's much more on target with my past sort of experience. I also, just for for holding things in my hot little hands and reading, and talked about this, I think, in some episodes that went live to the general feed, really kind of got back into novellas. Because I think, for me, part of the disruptive brain experience of the pandemic was it messed with my attention span. And a lot of short stories... sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of short stories that I want to read are pretty new and fresh, but because of that, they're they're largely on the online magazines that are out there, which are all really great. But I read those online. I don't generally have ebook subscriptions to them. And the problem I would encounter is I would go like, I'm going to go to Strange Horizons to read a thing, or I'm going to go to, you know, Fireside Fiction to read a thing. And the internet would suck me into something else. And so my my good intentions would end up sort of falling apart. Novellas seemed like they were about the right size for me to commit to a story, but I could commit to a story in like an afternoon or in like two or three evenings of reading and and be good to go. So I've gotten much more on track and that's been that's been good, but it has been super difficult to write. And a lot of that has been because the nature of my work has changed some over the last year or so. A little bit of that has been because of the podcast. I'm not going to lie because, I mean, it takes real time. I mm-hmm. probably spend three or four hours a week doing email triage of requests and things related to the podcast and trying to figure out what to do with that or communicating with publicists and re-communicating with publicists and re-re-re-communicating with publicists. Sometimes they they they, they 
forget things. Anyway, uh, or just the recordings themselves. And so all of those things take time. Yeah. And, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. And so I've written a lot less than I have wanted to. And so that is, for me, a pretty significant change. Part of the question was, as, you know, things are resuming normalcy, I I haven't. Like, the, the, the Shea Townsend has not quite resumed normalcy. We are some of the only people we know who are still masking everywhere we go. We are still only very selectively having people over in our house and, and kind of keeping that relatively limited. I, we, we aren't going out to restaurants and eating in unless we're going at weird times where there won't be other people or if we know sure. we can be seated outside or far away or whatever else. So yeah, we're not there yet. And we're not there yet for lots of reasons. And so I think, you know, we're, we continue to dwell in this like weird liminal space and we're going to get out of it. But I think how fast we get out of it is a lot of that's going to have to do with what's going on in the world around us. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And th- this is one of the reasons why when I when I first suggested that you guys come out here mm-hmm. is that I, I, I insisted that part of the time spent out here is mm-hmm. writing. Yeah, yeah. Although I one thing that is super good for me about the summer is I, I keep early bird hours. I generally am up between five and six in the morning any day of the week, even if it's a weekend, even if it's the summer. <laughs> you're not going to convince me that there's a five o'clock in the morning. That's just, you're not going to I mean, do that. It doesn't, that doesn't exist. That, that is a, that is fake news. I, that's I've a lie. I've been there, Patrick. I've seen it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but I continue to do that during the summer. And because I'm not a monster, I don't expect the rest of the household to keep those hours. Generally in, in the summer, I'd start poking the kids maybe around like nine in the morning or so to be like, okay, come on, start slowly congealing into a human being now. <laughs> and my husband works a normal person job that is year round. And so he's got to be mobilized by a certain hour. But if I keep that sort of process, it means that during the summer, I can generally get a couple of hours of writing in before anybody else is even awake in the house. Nice. And so that's that's something that as soon as I finish the grades I'm working on, right now I'm using that time when no one else is awake to be working on grades. And then I'll be flipping the switch when when we are out of that. So we not too long ago we had Beyond the Trope on. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle is a teacher. <laughs> yeah. And she sometimes will tell me stories of things. Uh, apparently, a kid dressed up as Spider-Man and when she had her back turned, like jumped up on a table and did the Spider-Man kind of posy thing. Yeah. As and then does. she turned around and, and I'm curious, like your your students ever do any weird shit like that, given that they're X-Men? I mean, oh, oh all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, uh, for a while, a classroom that had a large standing storage unit in it. Uh, it was about, like, seven feet tall and three feet wide or so with, like, you know, doors that would gatefold open. And there was one class that went by. There was a couple of years ago where I took attendance and I marked a kid absent. It was just, like, scanning the room for all the humans I needed, counting the humans, realizing I was one short, realizing who it was, and marking them absent where at the end of the class, the big reveal was said kid had been in the locker the entire time. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there was, um, there was a class where a student decided to, to lay on a, a a table, like they're big round tables um, and just like lay face down and go to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> this was like right before class started. Apparently he got there during a passing period and decided he was just going to like straight up lay on this table and go to sleep. And I walked in the classroom and everybody was like looking at like, oh, he's laying over here asleep on the table. What's she going to do? And, you know, that's that's the kid's favorite moment. Like something something off script has just happened. And the teacher walks in the room and they're like, oh. have we broken them? Like, have we sufficiently shattered all social mores that they will just be sort of like flubbering and gibbering? And, you know, I had about 10 feet to walk to cross the room before I would reach the point where this kid was. 
And so I didn't have a lot of time to make a decision, but I decided I knew what decision I needed to make. So as I walked past the kid, I had a like a Nalgene bottle that I kept with me because, you know, teaching is, is a lot of talking, a lot of getting dry. I walked past him and I had maybe two ounces left on the bottom of it. So as I walked past him, I just tipped the Nalgene bottle over and just poured it clear from his butt up to the small of his back <laughs> as I walked past him. And the kid like leapt up and started slapping his clothes like, you just poured water on me. And I'm like, yep. And looked at him. And he sort of realized like, well, I was laying on a table snoring and, and a, making a pool of drool. And I handed him the Nalgene bottle and I said, could you do me a favor and go fill this? It appears to be empty. And so he left class and came back with the full Nalgene bottle. You can damn well bet I did not drink what was in there. It was, it was just... As soon as that class was over, that got poured down a drain and I washed the bottle. Um, but it was it was about making the point about who was in control here. So that yep. worked. But yeah, various things. <laughs> Certainly the residence halls, they, they have more interesting stories. There's, there's the fetal pig story. There's the gin mill, a number of other sorts of things. Yeah. Okay. Well, that completes the first hour. So uh, now... <laughs> I feel like, it's, like it's, they're getting sent back to the boxer's corner and they're like going to work on my shoulders a little bit and like squirt the water in my mouth and I'm going to spit it out. And they'll be like, okay, you got to keep your guard up. It's going to keep coming at you. Stick and move, Townsend. Stick and move. All right. So I, I just want to say I think it's been a great 100 episodes. And I think you've Thank been a you. great addition to the podcast. And it's just been so much fun. So I, I appreciate you. I am so happy to be a part of it. And I'm so happy that you emailed me out of the blue. And I was like, surely he's mistook. He surely he's mistooken. He must, he must have been looking for the wrong Tracy Townsend. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Okay. So uh, again, congratulations. hundred episodes. That's a, that's a huge milestone. And <laughs> looking forward to, to just a hundred more. And I always love an episode where I don't have to talk much. So that, that, yeah, that that's helps. a bonus. That's that a bonus. Helps. You, you've been sucking down water the whole time. And I've just been sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't even have anybody to, to pour the dregs on here. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's all just, just all right. Us. Well, well, thank you, Tracy. And, you know, thank the Townsend household for allowing you to, to come and, and be with us a couple of hours a week. Uh, for for these episodes we we i think everybody appreciates it well we we appreciate being appreciated <laughs> i i send uh the best on behalf of of the husbeast and the poire and the trout um, <laughs> and and before we sign off and then you hear my voice again talking about the exact same thing i'm about to talk about uh if you are not one of our backers over at patreon.com slash functional nerds you should be because then you'd get to hear these kinds of episodes this this is like these are the episodes that people want the most and uh, you know there have been people who have become patrons specifically to hear these episodes because they missed them. And I'm not going to call anyone out, Mark, but they just said that they <laughs> loved the Just Us episodes and they really wanted to hear them. And where are they? And then I told them and then they used a bad word and then they went and they signed up. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to hear great episodes like this, we're just us chatting, you know, just like John and I used to chat. You know, we, we've now put these out and sometimes we put them in the feed and sometimes we don't because Tracy's yeah. so good at, at booking out guests. So that's why you don't hear many of these anymore, but, but there's other shiny stuff too. Nice. Every month there yeah. is a, there's a hangout uh, yeah. for any there's patrons the Facebook who group. Are, there's the special to join episodes. us. Yeah. Facebook there's all kinds group. of great stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. So go check us out. Functionalnerds.com slash, or I'm sorry, patreon.com slash functional nerds. There is actually a link on functionalnerds.com to Patreon, but it just depends on how you want to get there. And again, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks for, for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. <sighs> thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Functional Nerds Podcast. Because I've always partnered with teachers as co-hosts, we have homework for you. Giles and Michelle are kind of cool. They have a podcast called Beyond the Functional Nerd. Oh, hold on. Uh, got a memo coming in here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess they call it Beyond the Trope now. I honestly don't know if that's new or what.
They even have a website for it, though, beyondthetrope.com. Their podcast is weekly, just like ours, and they talk with people, just like we do, every Tuesday. So if you listen to us, and then go listen to them, and that is really, really important, you have to do it in that order. It's kind of like a double feature, and double features are cool. So check them out over at Beyond the Functional Ner- uh, Sorry, wait, <laughs> sorry, beyondthetrope.com. Yeah, that's it, beyondthetrope.com. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, or really any of our episodes, there's lots of things you can do to support us and let us know you like these things, okay? A little bit of validation. We love validation. You could go to wherever you listen to our episodes. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever, and give us some stars and reviews. Say something nice about us. You could head over to patreon.com slash functional nerds and toss a couple bucks our way. You could get a supporting or attending membership for Worldcon and nominate us for a Hugo Award in 2023. See, I'm kind of getting ahead of it this time. Uh, It's far too late for 2022, but 2023 is doable. If you need, like if you have questions, just reach out and and ask me how that works. And I I can explain it to you, Todd. You could buy our books. Tracy's got a couple out there. I've got a novel and some novellas out there. Google that shit, people. That would be awesome. You could stop two random strangers in the street and tell them all about us. Like just people you're passing as you're walking. Now, <laughs> if you do that, like uh, make some serious eye contact. Don't, don't blink. Just stare at them right in the eye and tell them to listen to us and why they should. There's probably some stuff I'm forgetting. I'm sure Robert will let me know. Or Todd. Mr. Carpiers, you got it right. How about that? Yeah. You can call me Cannoli Joe. Oh, for God's sake. Patrick Louise. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably a good enough signal. (laughs) I'm so excited.